Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the American Foundation for the Blind Inform and Connect series. This series was created to foster camaraderie and bringing the blind community together through informal storytelling. And I couldn't think of a more fitting time, um, especially in the environment that that we're moving into and, and, and the ups and downs that we've had that we really wanted to have Libby today. And, and I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. She's full of energy and excitement. And I just, without further ado, Libby, how are you? I am excellent. And I'm really excited about today too. I know, we're so excited. I, um, I'm i just so excited, all the energy and, and, and fun you bring and what you have done with your your project. So let's let's dive right in and tell us about how the Checkered Eye Project got started. How did this how did this movement become international? Right. Well, it it started back in the fall of 2000. It's almost 20 years old, and it, it was uh, so I started losing my sight when I was about 12. By the time I was about 18, I had uh, I was legally blind, and uh, but it's such a way that you couldn't really tell. I never did. I still don't need to use an. Uh, mobility cane. I can walk around. I could probably run an obstacle course as well as any other old lady. Um, <laughs> and uh, so uh, people didn't realize that I had any kind of vision problem. And I got in a conversation one day with a couple of other ladies who also have low vision, much like myself, and a lady who worked in the field of providing services for uh, blind people. And uh, the girls and I who have low vision, we had all kinds of stories of people either thinking we were using a white cane fraudulently or the problem was not the fact that we couldn't see something but more that the person we were interacting with didn't realize we couldn't see and uh, the lady who worked in the field of blindness she she said you know clients have been asking for some sort of a badge or something and we all thought oh what a great idea and there was no such thing at the time and also at the same time, the youngest of my children had just started school full time. So I had about a time on my hands. Yes. Well, I just thought I'd go and do my good deed for the day. And I designed a symbol and explained what, uh, what the purpose was, just, this, just to let people know we can't see all that well. And um, actually I polled a lot of uh, people on, um, well, it was listservs back then. It was before, you know, the internet got, or was before Facebook and all that. And I asked a lot of other people with a vision disabilities if, if they'd like it. And I got a lot of pushback there. Um, but this helped me really scrutinize the idea. You know, make sure nobody thinks it's for safety. It's just a, a, for face-to-face -face scenarios where I want someone to know I can't see well. And um, they said, well, nobody should have to label themselves. And I said, you're right, it's optional. Yes. It's only for people who would like that. And uh, I actually did send it to a few organizations of and for blind people and said, here, you're welcome to use the symbol I designed or come up with your own, but can you, can you make something like this available? And nobody took it up. So having done some research also with businesses, who said, yeah, that would be helpful for me to give better customer service, customer care. And so I thought, yeah, this is a worthwhile idea and uh, I'm gonna do it on my own. So that was back in 2000. And now there are people, so with a website, people can find out about it from anywhere in the world. So I did start a website right in the beginning. And uh, now there are people using the checkered eye 
in, all across Canada in lots of states in the US, um, New Zealand, Switzerland, England, in Thailand, they actually make their own checkered eyes in Thailand. I have, for anybody who has some site, they make their own and it has Thai language on it. It's really cool. That's awesome. And um, I just recently got um, a request for checkered eyes in Spanish from some people in Panama. So it's available now in English and French, and I just have a batch on order in Spanish. That is excellent. I really love it. So you mentioned earlier, that's something I want to go back to when you started your project, it was, was people have preconceived notions. You know, they think that you're not telling the truth about your site or, or it, and it may not be that, but it's also could be, you know, hey, not quite understanding. So I think when we're moving into the environment that we're going into, you know, with the people like myself, who is blind, with he comes with, um, you know, the six feet distancing and, 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 and coming back into the world, or when we have signs to read, you know, I, I understand that a lot of organizations are going to have, you know, go this way, go that way. I can, how do you see that really helping? Yeah, well, actually, the concern about going back into, uh, the world after being at home for all this time. Yes. Um, the concern is that there's going to be uh, new procedures and a lot of the procedures are going to be uh, posted on signs. So a lot of people with low vision and people who are blind are, uh, you know, uh, reasonably concerned about how am I going to um, know what the new rules are. So some people like myself, if I see a sign, as long as I can get close enough to it um, and it's large enough, I could probably read it. Um, so uh, I have been reaching out to um, chambers of commerce just to say, look, if your if your uh, membership, any business that provides services to the general public, if they are aware of what a white cane means and what a checkered eye means, that will help. Um, also, because pe just the customers, people are stressed, so maybe a little less patient. So we want people to understand. If you notice that somebody doesn't seem to have the information that is posted on a sign, just uh, give them a chance, <laughs> see if they're yes. wearing the checkered eye or perhaps using an ID cane um, or, or any kind of a cane and uh, be, um, you know, uh, assistive if they need some help. And so just the awareness of the fact that there's a spectrum of blindness, not everybody who has a vision disability is going to be using a white cane or a guide dog. Um, and, and the awareness of the symbols is very, very important right now, just to make it a little less scary for, for everybody. No, I completely ag agree. And, you know, we, we talked about, you and I in previous conversations, just the different spectrums of sight loss, which is something we, we touched on on a couple of episodes ago um, in another interview, that, that there really are different levels of sight. And I love how you have the iris of your, of it, like a checkered board because it does sort of represent there are different different levels when people and i find people there is fear in that um when we talk about that do you have anything to add to that well um 
just um, I it just occurred to me while you were talking, I should describe what the checkered eye itself looks like for those of us who can't see it. So it's a white circle. It has a black outline and then it has the words low vision in a black text, but the checkered eye itself, just like Melody said, it's a simple line drawing and the iris part that's normally blue or brown or purple if you're Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, <laughs> That part is black and white checkers. And the whole rationale behind that is it looks like it's a grid that's partially blocked. So something is getting through, but not everything. So, so that is the message. Um, people with low vision maybe can see something, but not everything. And there's such a range of different types of blindness. This is a big part of the uh, public awareness campaign. It's just, the, it's not an on or off condition <laughs> yes. and there are so many different types and some people's fluctuates with how they're feeling that day the lighting um, this is something we would like the general public to be aware of exactly and also too you know you know i have a friend of mine who you know obviously with with rp or other can you know need the light but at nighttime it's it's night blindness and i think we all you know experiencing the different levels but getting past that and understanding that there are different levels in lower vision but they're at the end of the day we're all people we just interpret things different ways mm -hmm. can you talk to us about some of your speaking events and what messaging you do when you are out um advocating for this yes well um I love speaking at schools and I, my, the first time I spoke at a high school, I was really nervous. Just imagine, you know, the teenagers sitting there with their arms crossed and yeah. I don't know why. See, that was me with the preconceived notion of teenagers. And I actually <laughs> had teenagers at the time who were lovely people. <laughs> so, <laughs> they had all kinds of really great questions. I think we did like 40 minute question and answer period at one of them. Um, and uh, you know what, to finish off uh, a lot of my speaking engagements, uh, well, so during the speeches, I, it's really important to let them know about all the different types of white canes. So many people are not aware that if somebody is using the type that you would, you know, use to support some of your weight or help you balance, if that one's white, it's still a white cane and it's a symbol for blindness. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, also, the ID cane. That's the type of cane that I use. I just, it's just a little flimsy thing. I don't even touch the ground with it. It's just, it's a safety beacon. So if you want drivers and moving cars to recognize that you have a vision disability and you might not see them coming, the white cane is the best thing. And that's, that's when I use my ID cane. And then of course the mobility cane, much better understood. So I always talk about all of those symbols and the checkered eye. And to finish off, um, I will often juggle because uh, that's something that if all you know about a person is that they are somewhere on the blindness spectrum, you really don't know what they can or can't do. And so you never expect, oh, there's a blind lady and she's gonna juggle today. Well, tell us about the juggling, because this is something that I really loved, why you were so compelled for juggling. <laughs> yes, well, um, in school, uh, there was a class where we had to do a speech on how to do something. And one of my classmates did a speech on how to juggle. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. And after the class, I said, hey, can you give me some tips and, and coach me a little bit? And he said, oh, no, you, you can't juggle. You can't see well enough. And I just thought, what? 
you don't even know. You have no idea how I can see. All you know is that I have impaired vision. So I went home and I, the only thing I could find three of was golf balls. Not a good thing to start juggling with. They're hard and <laughs> small and they bounce if they land yeah. on the ground. So anyway, I got to, uh, I practiced all summer. And when I went to school again that fall, I showed him I can juggle. <laughs> I love that. And the reason why, I, and I were going to, I know you, you have to give demonstration to be juggling, but I wanted to point out before we do that is there are preconceived notions of what it is that we are and the blind community able to do and what we're not able to do. So that is a huge barrier. If that barrier exists of, of no, you, you can't do that because that, uh -huh. I mean, that happens in my life and in my personal, and so it happens in a lot of ours, no matter the spectrum of, of total sight lost or, or to the low vision. Uh -huh. And if you're shut down even before, it, it does invoke that fear, right? And then, you know, now that we're moving into to different things is, is getting out into the world that's already going to be different. Um, having your project and what you do and then saying, yes, I can. And I'm going to do it in ways that's educational and formative and advocates, which I totally love. And I also love it too, that I got to see your juggling act, which makes me excited, <laughs> <laughs> which we're going to have to do here before the Q and A session. Okay. <laughs> now? Sure. Can I do it now? Sure. Go right ahead. Okay. All right, and normally when I'm juggling and I know there's people who can't see, I have uh, bean bags that have bells in them. So first I'll just check, can you hear this? Yes. So each time I do that, that's me catching one. Okay, ready? Here we go. And they fell. <laughs> <laughs> it was fresh. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> but I just love the fact, I mean, it's totally, but you know, I just, I love your attitude and, and, and your charisma and what you're doing. Um, so when you, when we move forward, um, you know, getting back into the world, yes. what can we, how do you see like people that are, that are sighted um, and unsighted, well, all of us, because at the end of the day, we're people, uh -huh. how we could really work together because we have talked a lot about that and I know that the basis of you starting your project was the same thing because people did not understand that you did have a sight impairment yeah yeah you're absolutely right and I just uh, keep thinking of something that goes right back to the whole reason why I came up with the checkered eye and uh, that is that we all need to remember that each person we meet is an individual and they may not fit the uh, assumptions that we all naturally make, you know, based on first impressions. And so keep an open mind. For sure, most definitely. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think if, when we look at each other, you know, no matter the situation, we are at the end of the day, it's just all individuals and individual people mm -hmm. with, um, with different needs. So can you tell us, um, people that you've heard from that do use uh, your, you do wear the checkered eye badge. Can you give us maybe some success stories of what they've come back and told you of how you've, how you've helped them? Yes. Well, you know, I haven't, I've, I've heard plenty uh, and they've, uh, they're not usually specific stories of a specific scenario, but I just, every once in a while, and it always seems when I need a cheerleader, someone will, um, 
just uh, send me an email. Actually, a young lady very recently sent me um, a picture of a tattoo. She just got a checkered eye tattooed on her arm. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so she just told me how important this is to her and thanked me and said, this is a really worthwhile, important thing that you're doing and thanks for doing it. And so that's generally the kind of messages I get when somebody is telling me um, that they're really happy to have a checkered eye and it's working well for them. That is really great. You know, I have, um, what I was thinking about is, is, is when we are even small things like standing in line, right? Um, you know, whether you're, you're going to a hotel or ordering food or, or anything like that, is if, if the individual that's behind the counter sees the badge, how does that help? Oh yes, so, so that is one of the scenarios where it's really uh, a great option. I know if I'm carrying my ID cane, but lots of times if I'm standing in line, then the person behind the counter hasn't seen me walk in with my white cane. And by the time I get up to the counter, they can't, it's behind the counter. Mm -hmm. So if, if they see this, now even if they don't already know what it means, I can say, oh, do you know this symbol? It means I can't see very well. And then they, they're, uh, almost 100% of them are way more helpful and sensitive then. They know what kind of assistance you're gonna need and that you actually need their help. And, and people are happy to help you when they know you really need it. Yes, that is true. I've been in situations like that too and I, I use a guide dog, but sometimes people don't see her when you're done to the counter. And I know I totally understand that. It's, it's definitely an issue. And I, I think that's a good advocating tool. And also too, kind of like what we talked about earlier is, you know, sometimes your hands are full. I mean, a dog, a kid's hand in one hand or bag or, you know, whatever. And, and it's just a nice thing to be able to have a hand to, to have as a, an, another indicator. Yes. Because the cane is powerful. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, but just to have something else that's definitely, especially when we're moving into some, some uncharted territories um, as, again, as we come back into these, all this distant space and, and I really appreciate your time with us today because I think this is something that I haven't come across. It's been really that readily talked about is, mm -hmm. it, is how it's going to come back into spacing when we are in this blind community. So this is something I would really love for us all to kind of collaborate on and get thoughts. And, and Libby, if you could give you know, a tip about life in general or anything that you've learned throughout your journey, what would that one tip be? Well, um, again, it's, it's um, the one that I already said, where um, just uh, keep in mind that each person you meet has uh, characteristics you may not be aware of. Each person is an individual and that we all do naturally make assumptions. And so, so to keep an open mind when in, in situations or buying products or with people, just remember that they're all unique and uh, keep an open mind. Be ready to learn. Yes, I love it. I think that, that is definitely seems true for all of us. And it will help us collaborate and be better people too at the end of the day, which I love. Uh -huh. um, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. If people want to learn more about your project, um, if they want to get a badge, if they want to learn about what we were talking earlier about, you know, additional, uh, how to make accessible signs, where can they find all this information? Well, uh, the... The website is checkereye.com, um, and uh, I actually have a toll-free number now. I had to write it down. It's 844-880-4956.
but if they do go to the website, they can email me directly through the site. And there's also the, um, there's the regular landline or phone number that's not toll free is also on there, but they're both listed there. Um, so it's easy to find me. I'm also, there's a, a group on Facebook called Champions for the Checkered Eye. So uh, yeah, and the email is info at checkeredeye.com. Nice. Libby, you are so fun. Thank you so much for juggling for us and for sharing your advocacy and just how you have been able to take your passion and really be able to help people with, um, you know, identifying and talking about all the different, you know, types of vision that there are, because it's so important that, that we recognize that and educate others. Thank you for being with us. Everybody have a great rest of your week. If you would like to learn more about the American Foundations for the Blind programs, please visit us at afb.org.